I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Welcome back to Snacks with Stein. I'm Christy and Danielle is in California, hopefully not being carried away by yet another atmospheric (laughs) river. Apparently there's 12 now. How's it going? It's going. We had more rain today. Someday it will end, hopefully. (laughs) Does it help with the drought at all or is that wishful thinking? Uh, I think it's making, I mean, it has to be scientifically making some kind of small dent, but I don't know if it's really making like the dent we need but I think some places are seeing more of a positive effect than others but because we're having such it's there's no chance for the earth to dry out either so that's causing problems too (laughs) right like yeah yeah it's like I saw a newscaster and they're like a a refrigerator (laughs) floated by and I was like oh god Danielle (laughs) don't is, is that your refrigerator? Are you okay? <laughs> Crazy. I freaked yeah, out. Yeah, we really, we're really lucky here. But yeah, we're lucky where we're at. It's not so bad. But it definitely poured today. It definitely did. Excellent. Well, okay. Good luck, everybody. If I sound a little different, I apologize. I decided a few weeks ago, I guess, almost like a month ago, that I'm going to move. I'm, I'm gonna move. Just decided it. I guess it's time. I've actually, I've been concerned for a while about my son is approaching 16. I live on a very windy, treacherous mountain road that most adults can't drive. So that's been something that's kind of gnawing at the back of my skull. Um, but also like my parents are getting kind of older and I had gone to visit them and kind of you you start to see that they're getting a little bit older and you start to think about like you know time and time with them and how you you're not ever gonna get it back and you know financially it would actually be a huge step forward for us to sell our house in Colorado and buy a much bigger house in Oklahoma and pay about half of the mortgage I have right now. So like all kind of all these things combined and and I was talking to my husband about I was like, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time to move. And luckily he's, you know, he's got a job where he can transfer with no problem. So I started to kind of pack things up and um, part of that is my little recording studio I had made for myself in the closet. <laughs> I love it when when you're going to show your house you don't want to have to explain to potential buyers why part of your closet has like a desk in it and like stuff taped to the walls. Yeah. So, so yeah, if I sound a little different, it's because I am not in my normal recording booth. It's probably going to be a little janky like this for a while until I can get moved and settled. And I don't know how long that's going to take. Like, I truly don't know how long it's going to take to sell my house. I have to sell my house in order to buy a house. So it's a whole thing with like logistics and whatnot. And then like after I made this decision, 
like, I don't know, a week ago, I noticed my neighbor's house went up for sale. And that's when I realized that she passed away. Which is very sad. She was in her 70s. And um, I was not super close with her, but my daughter was super close with her. Like, she'd go visit her after school, and they made Christmas cookies together this year. And, like, five or six days before Christmas, she called me to let me know she was in the ICU. But that everything was fine because that's her that's her style. Like she's Yeah. <laughs> she's in the ICU, but she's fine. It's fine. Um <laughs> and she's like, you know, it's gonna be a long recovery, but you know, not to worry about it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just give you your space. I'll make sure Natalie stays down here for a while. And I guess she passed away like a week after that. Okay. But we're not her family, so nobody thought to, you know, tell us or anything. Right, like that. right. So it's just weird. Like when I made that kind of post in the Facebook group about how like life is happening and all the things, it's like, yeah, like everything seems to happen all at once. And it's my fault. Or I let my life on fire when I just like decided (laughs) to up and move. So it's like, I'm bringing this all on myself. Um, But it's going to be a little wild for the next few months. We know you guys have been super patient. We love our fan base. Um, They've been really super supportive i need you to keep being supportive though for a couple more months until (laughs) i move multiple you know like 11 hours there's a there's moving and then there's moving an entire household 11 hours away that's a whole nother thing yeah yeah way harder with three dogs and two chickens right so oh yeah and i guess the kids are coming too so (laughs) <laughs> there's that uh so yeah so that's what's been going on that's what's been going on with me and yeah so everybody's all caught up i kind of let danielle know but i've been kind of radio silent because it's <laughs> if anybody's ever gotten your house ready to sell it is a whole thing it is yeah. painting packing and cleaning all day every day until you die um <laughs> so we'll see in an encouraging note my neighbor's house did sell in two days Wow, that's great. But they underpriced it. So I think that's part of it. They way underpriced it. So we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. I'm not not underpricing mine. I'm only going to do this if I make money the way I want. If it doesn't make sense, I'll unpack every box. I am that stubborn. (laughs) So yeah, so Danielle, are you having some snacks? Some snacks tonight? Um, No, I'm just having some bubble water tonight because I haven't eaten yet so <laughs> I'm not gonna make everyone listen to me so I'm not oh I am I haven't eaten and I'm going to make everyone <laughs> listen to me while I also tell the story <laughs> my husband took over because I forgot we were recording That's tonight work out. and I had to finish my script at the last minute so I couldn't make dinner and he sets this bowl in front of me it has chunks in it <laughs> Oh. And, and terrible. Noodles. And like there's a sauce. And some noodles. And like, okay. And I was like, what what is what is this? <laughs> he was like, he was like, it's a concoction. Eat it. I was like, but like what's in it? Like I see we have pink chunks and orange chunks. Oh my god. Green chunks. And as far as I can tell. It's, um, ham, maybe. 
sorts. Oh my god. And it looks like cucumber. Um, and perhaps oh, like a cream of something soup. It's not bad. He put some, um, okay. some soy sauce in here. So I'm getting kind of stir fry vibes. Okay. <laughs> so I will eat it. I also have wine. Um, so yeah. So good times. Kind of a... <laughs> So what is it? Wow. <laughs> um, any hoodles. So everybody else, I hope you have a concoction or something edible uh, in front of you. And we're going to get into the story. It's Fear Street time. It's not been Fear Street time in a long time. So we're going to sit back and tell this story. Danielle, did I tell you what we're covering tonight? I think so. The overnight, right? The overnight. That's right. We are covering the overnight. And I chose this book because it's book number three in the series. It is a very early book, and that means we get more sexy stuff, we get more violence, and there's more character development. We also get some references to characters from other books. Remember when he used to do that? Yes. Yeah, because in the beginning of the series, yeah, so right in the beginning of the series, Stein had like quite a bit of overlap actually with characters. It was like he was kind of building a, a universe of horror, and there was like a backdrop cast of people that seemed to experience it. Later, he'd definitely depart from that, but here in the beginning, we see quite a bit of overlap. This is where we establish kind of, you know, the mill and Pete's Pizza and like all these little things that pop back up, and then like side characters that we see that are, you know, extension friends of other characters. Uh, right. right? Okay. Um, so we might see a few people we know. Who knows? The cover of this book shows a group of kids. There's three couples to be exact, and they're kind of huddled around a campfire. They're looking off into the woods around them in fear, as if they've just heard something. And they're trying to figure out where the sound came from, because everybody's looking in different directions. Um, and the forest around them is dark and blue and misty. And you can just see the moon peeking out from the trees. And the caption reads, they shared her terrible secret, but could they get away with murder? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Copyright is 1989, Parachute Press. Ooh. Right? Oh, and by the way, 1989 was 34 years ago. Yeah, it was. That would be the equivalent in 1995 <laughs> of telling a story that was set in 1961. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> now that we all feel old. I was, already, I, was already, I was already having a bad day, so you just keep piling it on. It's cool. I know. Let's find a blanket and some Ovaltine, and we'll just lean in. Yeah. It's fine. Basically. So this story Nothing opens. Nothing left to do. I know, right? We'll get you, we'll get you a Werther's. I like Werther's. They're, they're good. <laughs> So we open with Della O'Connor, okay? And Della is trying to work the combination lock on her locker amidst the loud voices of the laughter of the kids in the hall around her. And when she finally gets the lock open and, and her locker to pop, she is greeted by the heart that she scratched into the paint at the end of last year. 
and inside the heart it says Della and Gary. Have you ever heard the expression, play stupid games and you get stupid prizes? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Della is feeling that pretty hard right now. She broke up with Gary like three weeks ago, but she did it because she thought he was like gonna beg her to come back to him, like she wasn't getting enough attention. And she, you know, was for sure that they would make up in time for prom, right? Uh, but she was super wrong because not only did Gary not get back together with her and ask her as his date to prom, but he's kind of ghosted her since then. Like he won't return her calls. And when they pass in the hallway, he won't make eye contact with her. The only time she really gets to interact with them is when they have the meetings for the outdoor club. They're both members of this outdoor club. But she's trying to push these thoughts of Gary away, and she's trying to focus on being excited about the Outdoor Club's big overnight camping trip that's coming up this weekend. Della has blown this camping trip up way into her mind. It's gonna be some kind of like romantic getaway for her. This is the perfect opportunity to get Gary alone, and he'll remember how much he loves her, and he'll beg her to come back to him. Sounds great. If it weren't for the pesky other kids in the club, as well as the instructor, who will also <laughs> be there? Could put a damper on things. Hang on, I gotta get a bite. I'm, I'm starving. Yeah. Ooh, white wine goes good with this concoction, whatever it is. <laughs> Either that or you, just, you have to be drunk to eat it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but when I finish this glass, I'm gonna ask for another because it's been that kind of day. All right. So Della is still pretty confident, right? After all, she's got long, straight, blonde hair. She's got like a model's figure. She's rocking like a C cup, right? And she's got really green eyes. She's one of those people that has those like big trouble in little China green eyes, okay? And she's pretty oh, okay. sure that she can reel Gary back in. Oh, but Gary's cute too. Stein says that like he has got that handsome cute thing going on. Like he's he's blonde, he's got wavy hair, brown eyes, and like freckles. So I think that when I think about Gary, he's that sleeper kind of cute. It like it won't hit you until it hits you, and then you can't unsee how hot he is. Right? And Della is not the only one to notice that Gary's attractive. Suki Thomas. Do you remember mm. Suki? Uh, the name sounds really familiar. Okay. So Suki shows up in a few different books. We we get her as um kind of a uh she's kind of a token hoe character that gets slipped in oh. there sometimes. But she's rocking that late 80s awesomeness, right? Cuz this is 89. Mhm. Mm and so she's always gonna be in like leggings and the slouchy shoulder tops with like all the plastic jewelry and the like kick-ass okay. rocker mullet, okay? I always picture her in my head as like Jem, right? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Danica, is that who Jem is when she's not Jem? Yeah, Danica. So Danica, mm -hmm. okay, so I always see her as like a Danica. So Della knows that Suki is going on this trip too and that she's probably also going to be making a play for Gary because Suki has, quote, a reputation. Right? 
Now he doesn't go into graphics, which he normally does in these early books, which is lame. So I don't know if she's got like a reputation for making out, going all the way. We don't know. But she has a, the boys like a her. reputation. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's got to be like canned ham. It's actually pretty good. Um, it's been in there for forever. I'm just happy it got used. Closing her locker, Della runs into Maya. I think that's how I say this. It's M-A-I-A. M-A-I-A? Yeah, probably Maya. Mm -hmm. Maya, okay. So she runs into Maya. Maya. And the only like description we get for Maya is that she has super, super curly hair. If Maya were a cartoon character, her hair would just be like a shape with some squiggles in it. Right? <laughs> and Maya goes on to confirm that she was, uh, she is in fact gonna be allowed to go on the overnight too. Her parents are super strict, but like they've had several phone calls with the instructor promising them that like the trip's gonna be chaperoned, it's gonna be girls' tents and boys' tents, and they're gonna, he's gonna keep an eye on everything uh, at all times, right? Maya's parents don't want her getting pregnant. Just send condoms, you guys. They're gonna do whatever they're gonna do regardless. <laughs> Like, just, you know, hope for the best, but send some condoms and, you know, maybe a little sex ed before they leave. That's what I'm, that's my plan going forward. And be like, hey, listen, I don't think you're going to need this, but just in case, I don't feel like being a grandma. Here you go. Right. Um, <laughs> so we get to the classroom and the leader of this little expedition, his name is Mr. Abner. He is like the faculty staff member that sponsors this club, right? And the girls walk into class for the outdoor club meeting. Already seated is Gary and Suki, who we've already talked about. Suki is chatting Gary up and Della is trying uh, but failing to kind of curb her jealousy. She feels sure that Suki really has kind of only one thing to offer, right? And she does offer it often. So she's thinking nasty thoughts about this girl who's going yeah. after her ex-boyfriend. Pete says hi to Della from the front row, and Della notices Pete's kind of cute. Pete is like full on preppy, which means for the rest of the book, okay. I'm gonna be picturing Pete with like tennis whites and like a sweater tied around his shoulders. Uh, very Zach Morris. They, they make some kind of like awkward conversation, and then Mia warns Della when Ricky comes in the room. We've seen Ricky before. I can't remember exactly where it is, but this is another character crossover. Um, guys, if you can help me out in the Facebook about which books we've seen both Ricky and Suki in, that would be super helpful because I can't really remember. But so Ricky is like, he's kind of chubby, but he is trying way too hard to be funny all the fucking time. To the point where he is completely unaware of the fact that he is the joke. But he literally cannot stop. There is no off switch for Ricky. And I have so little patience for these people as an adult that I do feel bad for kids <laughs> who are forced to deal with them on like a daily basis because yeah. public school, right? I hate that shit. Yeah. So Ricky comes in and he's wearing a t-shirt that says in all caps, nothing to say. 
And he heads to the front of the class and announces that they shouldn't applaud. They should just throw money. <laughs> okay. And then he laughs at his own joke. Like a lot. Okay? <laughs> I hate those people. <laughs> Same. You're going to hate him. We, we hate him through the whole book. Welcome. Uh, all right. So, recap. He doesn't die right away. Darn. No, you want him to, though. You want him to. So here's the members of the outdoor club. Ready? We got Della, who is our main character. Pretty, blonde, stupid. We got Maya, curly-headed friend and sidekick to Della. Okay? We got Suki. Mm -hmm. She looks like Jem, but she puts out. There's <laughs> Gary, who is sleeper cute and ex-boyfriend to Dara, Della. There's Pete, okay. who is the preppy kid, and that's all we know about him. And then we've got Ricky, who is the chubby, annoying, to the point of needing bail money on reserve dude. Um, and then there's the teacher, Mr. Abner. So we got three girls, three boys, Mr. Abner. Are we good? But just when we're starting to have some fun, Mr. Abner walks into the class and announces that he has a family emergency in another state and that he will not be able to take them all on the overnight camping trip that weekend. The trip is canceled. Oh. So that That's sucks. Yeah, the end. Good night. Good night, everybody. Abner says that he's sorry, but that there's, you know, there's still a lot of year left. They can reschedule. And with that, he says sorry again, but that, you know, he's got to go. And everybody's super deflated. Like, they're bummed. They start to kind of slowly get up and start filing out of class. When Suki calls them all back, she has an amazing idea. Why don't they just go on the overnight anyways? Their parents already think that they're going. They don't have to know that there aren't going to be any adults with them now. They can go by themselves. And won't that be, like, much better anyways? Mm -hmm. Everyone is on board for an unsupervised overnight with potential hookups and shenanigans except for Maya because she knows that if her parents ever find out they won't love her anymore and she'll have to sleep in a box in the alley <laughs> but Della convinces her that they'll never know they'll never find out this is gonna be super fun stop being such a butt Maya and Maya eventually caves to peer pressure and agrees to go. The next morning, Della is leaving the house and her mom is hovering and asking a million questions. And we discover where the kids are going to be camping overnight. Danielle, can you guess where these six kids are spending the night all alone? <laughs> Beer woods. Mm, close. Can you be more specific? No, I don't know. No. I can't remember. Well, it wouldn't be Fear Street because they have to be in the woods. <laughs> they're not going to camp out in the middle of the road. Right. They're not going to camp out in the middle of the road. <laughs> well, it is in Fear Woods. But more specifically, they're going to be camping on Fear Island. Oh, Fear Island. Have we been to Fear Island before? I think that we have once on a date. Um, okay. I can't remember exactly which one, but I think we rode out in a boat to Fear Island one time on a date. 
Fear Island is exactly what you think it is. It's in the middle of Fear Lake, which is surrounded by Fear Woods. It's only accessible by boat, and it takes a few minutes to get to the island going across the lake in a small canoe. The island is covered in dense forest, and it's a local legend. People don't camp out on Fear Island. There are stories about strange mutated animals that live there who call out to the moon at night. Kids whisper about the legends of snakes that ride through the mist-covered forest floor. But the kids decided that they wanted to camp somewhere interesting and not some boring state park. Okay. Della's mom is concerned and tells her, you know, what if just call me, you know, if anything goes wrong. And Della reminds her there's no phones on the island because this is 1989. So, right. you know, there this wouldn't is- be phones there even if it was now, probably. What's she going to do? Like Pick up a payphone in the middle of the island, in the middle of Fear Lake? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mom. Right. <laughs> they so don't have their cell phone, but their cell phones might not work if they're in the middle of a lake. <laughs> Well, at this point, weren't cell phones like have to be correct, like connected to your car with a little cigarette lighter oh, with right. like the spring yeah, cord? Yeah. Like it's a car yeah. phone. It's not a cell phone. It's a car phone, right. and it's like five dollars a call. So I don't know <laughs> who you have to call in your car, but okay, <laughs> for five dollars. For five dollars. So she makes a joke about, well, I'll just send up smoke signals, and she rushes out the door when Pete. Honks the horn in her driveway. Remember, Pete's our little preppy I hate guy. When people do that. Yeah, right. I hate that. I hate that. Well, my parents Come used to have to a rule. Door. Yeah, I, my parents had a rule. Like, I couldn't go on the date unless they came to the door and like introduce themselves. Yeah, that is fair because what you could be getting into the car with an axe murderer. You don't know. Well, and she was like, if I have to explain to the cops later that I don't know who you went with, I look like right. an asshole. <laughs> like, so exactly. there you go. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. But apparently there's no such rule. Brunette. I don't know. <laughs> no such rule in Della's house. Mm-hmm. She rushes out, jumps in Pete's car, and they speed away. And she starts saying to herself again that, you know, Pete really is cute. But he's almost too perfect. But I think from the way that Pete is acting, he may want to like share a tent with Della tonight. But Della isn't paying that much attention to him on the drive over to Fear Lake. She's only thinking about Gary. (sighs) She feels like it's not over with him. Much to Pete's obvious disappointment. When they pull up to the lake, everyone is already there, along with the two canoes that Gary brought to get them across. And they start throwing their stuff in the canoes, and Della tries to pull Gary aside to talk to him until Suki steps right in front of her and tells Gary that she needs his help to paddle her canoe. Ricky jumps into one of the canoes and he stretches out with his hands behind the head saying, everyone else can take the other canoe. (laughs) We are just getting into the canoe and I already want the kid to die and I hope it's particularly bloody. (laughs) Please stop trying so hard. It's making me uncomfortable. Like, stop. 
Please stop. <laughs> but he's not stopping. The lake is pretty calm and everyone's enjoying we'll the rocket cross. <laughs> the water is cool and tranquil and, and it's perfect weather and everybody's just gliding across the lake. They're enjoying themselves already. When Ricky pretends to be seasick, stands up and almost tips over one of the canoes, which by the way, has all their shit in it. And then he can't understand no why no one is laughing. But once he calms the fuck down, they continue to paddle across and make it without any kind of event all the way to the shore. Now we're camping today, but Suki is still in full punk gear, right? Mm. Studded jeans, Guns N' Roses t-shirt, she immediately breaks a long purple nail as they put the canoes up on shore, and she gets upset because she didn't pack any replacements. I know. They all grab their packs, and they start walking along the beach just outside the tree line. They're trying to find a good place to set up camp. And Gary says, okay, well, this place looks pretty good, and he instructs the others that they should uh, face their tents with the backs of the tents facing north because that's where their wind will come from. So at least Gary does know a little bit about camping. They have some hope for this like little camping trip. So they start think, setting things up and looking around for firewood. And everybody knows that looking around for firewood means you run off in the woods and meet up with people and do stuff. So Della decides this is a great time to get Gary alone and start talking to him about getting back together. But when she walks into the tree line, she finds Suki got there first. She's got Gary pinned against a tree and her tongue is down his throat. Oh. Stupid games, stupid prizes. Stupid prizes. Mm -hmm. Right? Speaking of stupid games, that afternoon, Ricky reveals that he's brought along enough zap, that's Z-A-P in all mm -hmm. capital letters, Zap guns for everyone. It's essentially paint paintball. It's like a paintball gun, but it's like a handgun. It's not like the rifle. It's not like the high compression mm -hmm. paintballs. Okay. Um, but everybody is excited. They want to play, especially the boys. Um, and Della wants to play because, you know, Gary wants to play. And it seems like Suki is the only one who has to be pushed into playing because, you know, it's too competitive and she doesn't really like war games. But eventually she caves to peer pressure and she um, agrees. And they decide that it should be boys versus girls. And the rules are that if you take two hits, you're a prisoner. And if you take three hits, mm. you're dead. So they break up into the teams and the game begins. They run off into the woods. The shots are fired. Bruises are made and splatters of paint happen, right? And the girls kind of slowly start to lose. Like the guys are getting way more hits than they are. So the girls decide that they're too clumped up and that they need to split up and go deeper into the woods and make it harder for the boys to pick them off. Maya worries about getting lost in the woods, but Della assures her that if she gets turned around just to walk east and that's away from the sun and she'll eventually hit the shoreline and then she should be able to find camp from there. So of course, right after the pep talk, and the splitting up of the group, Della gets super lost, like very, very lost in the woods, and she can't find anyone. And she does not follow her own advice about how to find camp. 
she's she's doing all the things that you do to freak yourself out in the woods right and she hears footsteps behind her and she hears trees breaking and the bugs are you know she's not having a good time when she hears someone right behind her make the zap gun ready to fire so she ducks the gun fires but then she turns around and shoots her gun at the person before even really looking at them and it's a hit she got him but that's when she realizes this is not one of her friends in fact she's <laughs> never seen this dude before okay and I don't know she heard, but he's not carrying one of these zap guns right <laughs> So, you know that meme, and it's it's Sleeping Beauty, and she like she's meeting Prince Charming and falling in love and like into a perfect waltz in the woods, and the caption is like, "Don't talk to strangers unless they're hot." Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's like okay. all horror movies, <laughs> right? So we are about to learn a lesson about extremely <laughs> hot strangers, because. Strangers. This new dude is super hot. Like, super hot. Like, insert <laughs> fantasy here. And I don't know if Stein was vague on that on purpose so that you could do just that. Uh, but this is like every thirst trap you've ever come across, right? He is wearing a leather jacket and a silver chain necklace that has like three skulls hanging from it. He's giving real like bad boy biker vibes. And he's like grinning oh. at Della and she's kind of like starstruck. And he, he is charming at first, right? They are always charming at first. There's a lot of like flirting and nice to meet you randomly out in the woods on an mm. island in the middle of the lake. And the new guy, for some reason won't give her his name, but he claims to be like a college student who's out in the woods studying tree reproduction. Tree reproduction? Okay. <laughs> and you know, Della is all but panting. She's eating this with like a spoon. Like she's okay, whatever you say, you know, and she's so mesmerized by this like real life person that she doesn't notice that he's acting progressively more and more crazy. He's talking like total nonsense to her at some point about her not learning her lesson and that's what the old man did. And he notices her earrings and he asks her if they're real gold. And he kind of grabs her roughly by the hair and holds her to get like a closer look. And then he starts talking all kinds of a rapey talk. Right? Ew. He's saying that he's going to take something for himself. And he tightens his grip on her and he starts to like unzip his jacket. And that's when Della remembers that she's literally holding a gun. She's okay. So she's holding a gun, but it's, it's the she, fake gun. But it's still a gun. The, like paintball still, still gun, Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she shoots him in the face with it. Now, okay. will a paintball to the face kill you? No, unless you get the no. eye, maybe. Like, 
it will piss you off and it will distract you yeah. long enough for the person that you're attempting to assault sexually to get away. And that's what happened. <laughs> But Della doesn't get very far. There's not like a path or anything. Um, but the hot guy like catches her around the waist right at the top of a ravine. They struggle some more and hot guy falls 20 feet down into this overgrown ravine. And he lands badly. Okay. She can see him from the top. His eyes are closed and his neck is at an odd angle and his mouth is wide open. He is not moving. And Della carefully climbs down into the ravine and she checks his pulse and she's no doctor, but he did. (laughs) Really most sincerely dead. At this moment, Della realizes this dude is dead and she could be the reason. The cops will be called. The parents will be called. She could go to jail. She could have a permanent criminal record. And she thinks about this for all of five minutes and decides, not today, Satan. And she starts scooping armfuls of leaves onto this dead body. She's just going to cover him up and go back to camp like nothing happened. No one can prove anything anyway. She didn't even know his name. So after she finishes and is satisfied that his body is like pretty well hidden under these leaves, she kind of dusts off her hands and turns around to climb back up the ravine. And she sees Ricky and Maya at the top just watching her. Turns out the whole gang is up there, right? So Della gets up there. She explains what happens. Mystery hottie materializes out of the woods and attacks her. They struggle. He falls. He dies. Gary asks if he's sh- like, she's sure that he's dead. And he heads back down into the ravine to confirm the no pulse diagnosis. And while he's down there, Della explains that she didn't want her life to be ruined over some creep who tried to rape her. So she was just going to plan on, like, leaving him there. And they, the group debates this for a while, right? Maya's freaking out because her parents cannot know that she came on this trip unchaperoned. And Suki goes, like, straight gangster. She announces they will leave him there. And they will agree to keep this secret. No one ever needs to know this. It never happened. Gary comes up out of the ravine and he says that, yes, dude is for sure dead. And Suki tells him about the plan to leave this dude out there basically to rot. And Gary doesn't miss a beat. He completely agrees. He says it's the only thing to do. The only holdout here is Pete. Pete is having a moral dilemma with the whole thing. But in the end, they're able to convince him that, you know, just never telling anyone that this dude, like, exists, period, is best. And they head back to camp to pack up because, honestly, they're ready to go. Like, murder does that to you. We're not having fun anymore. (laughs) 
murder did that. <laughs> but when they get there, they realize they can't just go home. Their parents aren't expecting them back until the next day. They can't come right. back early without like a lot of questions about what happened, which is smart. I'm glad they caught that. So they decide they're going to have to stay the whole night on the island with a dead body in a nearby ravine. And no one is happy about this. Because it's already Fear Island, right? But they make a fire and they eat a hot dog and they go to bed early in their tents, right? There's no sexy sneak off in the woods for anybody. In fact, Suki has zipped herself up completely in her sleeping bag. She's done with everybody. (laughs) Like... She has zipped it all the way up. (laughs) Fuck you guys. (laughs) Wake me when it's light. Like, so everybody goes to sleep. About halfway through the night, Della is woken up by Maya, who thinks that she hears a sound. So they stop. They try to hold their breath, but it's impossible. Anytime you are trying really hard to listen, all you can hear is your own breath and heartbeat and all the things, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, was that footsteps? Is that a cough, right? Maybe this guy wasn't alone. Maybe it's his dead body with the crooked neck that crawled by his hands out of the muddy ravine to the no. camp. He's about to rip open their tent and eat them whole like a possessed lady in a cave. So naturally, Della has to go check. She gives herself about 20 minutes of shining her flashlight uselessly about and asking who's there before she comes back to the tent and announces it must have been an animal. And then she goes back to sleep. Or she tries. So it's a rough night for everyone. And when morning comes, they all eat a quick breakfast and they pack up in record time, right? They are ready to go. (laughs) But when they get to the stop or the spot where they left the canoes, the canoes are gone. They are just missing. There are drag marks where someone has pulled them into the woods. And everybody starts to panic. Everybody has their own personal panic attack out loud. They need to go. If they don't make it back to their cars and their waiting parents, their parents will come to the island looking for them. And that is the very last thing that they they want. How are the parents going to get to the island? Well, if you're waiting on the shore and your kids don't arrive, the parents are going to call the cops. And and everybody's going to go as like a search party out to the island. That's not something that they want when they're trying to hide a dead body. So what's happening now is almost worse, right? Because before they could have like tried to play it off, but this will for sure bring people to the island. So after a few minutes, Ricky announces that, you know what? It was him. It was supposed to be a joke. He doubled back and took them when they broke up to play the zap game the other day. I mean, okay. He he didn't know that Della was going to kill a dude in the woods. Like he leads them <laughs> to where the canoes are, are hidden and they paddle for their life back to shore. <laughs> On the drive home, Della's mom remarks that she 
Della doesn't look like she slept very much. And Della agrees, you know, oh, yeah, we didn't. We had a lot of fun. And in this moment, she kind of wants to confide in her mom, but she decides she needs to keep her promise. She makes it home. She sleeps for most of the day. Uh, she, she makes a snack run to the kitchen. And, you know, she's actually, she's feeling okay. Like, she's feeling confident. She's really glad she didn't tell her mom. Like, she felt like she wanted to. Um, when she gets back up to her to her room, the phone rings. And it's Maya. Maya is not feeling confident. She is sure that her parents suspect something. And Della heads over to Maya's house to, like, calm her down. So she looks in her hiking backpack for her wallet to drive over there. But for some reason, she can't find it anywhere. That's weird. So she goes over to Maya's house without it. She had it when she went on the trip. Maya lives in- body has it. <laughs> yeah, when he crick neck crawled out of the ravine. Maya lives in North Hills, which if you will remember, is the nicest neighborhood in Shady Yes. yes. She is normally fancy. Today, she is a hot mess. Maya's a wreck. She keeps, like, bursting into tears and saying how she knows they're going to get caught. This would be me. Like, I can't keep secrets. This is the worst. Like, she's sure her parents are going to find out. It, she feels awful about leaving that dude out there like that. And Della just hugs her and kind of rocks her and reminds her that the dude was trying to rape her after all. And she was just defending herself. And there's no way they'll even find him for like a really long time. People don't go out there. And when they do, it's not like they can tie him back to them, right? So she calms her down and tells her to get some rest and that she'll feel much better when she does. When Della gets back home, there's an envelope on her doorstep. Inside the envelope, there is a note that says, in all capital letters, I saw what you did and a little silver skull falls out of the envelope into her open palm uh, like the oh. same silver skull that was on the necklace of the oh, dude that she straight up murdered um, well he was gonna rape her though so he deserved it so do we need to do a fact check and see when Lois Duncan wrote, I know what you did last summer? Oh, we were, is this the one we were talking about before? I feel like we did. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Like, Has this come before. up before? I feel like it has. About some other fear she, or maybe we were talking, maybe we were talking about the overnight. It was published in 1973. Jesus. I had no idea. Oh, wow. She, she really beat him. It's really just this theme. Like, that's the only thing that, like, we're not, like, there's no fishermen yeah. coming after them. You know, I don't know. Right. He's not, he's not the fisherman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People aren't turning up, you know, dead everywhere. You know, like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to need a wine refill soon. Stick with me. We're getting there. But even the but even the book is kind of different than the movie, though, too, if I remember right. <clears throat> I have not read it in so long. I think it's time for a reread. I adore Lois Duncan. Yeah. I really do. 
Stranger with My Face, I think, is my favorite. That's a good one. I have to read that one again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think we can cover those on the show because they're not even close to being in this vein for this author. But those are good, you guys. If you like these books, you'll like Lois Duncan. Like, check out her early work. It's it's all really good. Mm -hmm. So two nights later, Della calls all the members of the club to her house. Her mom is off playing bridge down the street and everybody but Pete shows up. And she shows them the note and the skull and explains that the skull came from the necklace of the dead hottie. (laughs) There is a mild freak out and Gary pulls a second skull out of his pocket and says that he found that one in his mailbox. So they start to piece together that someone else had to be there in the woods with them that night. And now someone is sending them threats. But how did they know where they live? To leave yeah. the envelope and the skull. And then Gary says that he lost his wallet on the trip. And Della admits oh. that she couldn't find hers either. But how could they have gotten their wallets? Then she remembered that she thought she heard steps outside their tent that night. Is that when whoever this was creeped into their packs and got their wallets? And while some of the kids are freaking out and saying that they should just go to the police and some are yelling at the other ones to calm down, there is a loud knock on the door. Like aggressively loud. They know whoever is sending these threats knows exactly where to find them. They're all at Della's house. So they all together go to the front room and open the door. But no one's there. They close the door again, and they wonder if whoever it is will come back. So someone grabs a camera, a Polaroid, and says that when they knock again, Gary will open the door real fast, and they'll take a picture of whoever's on the other side. And just like that on cue, the loud knock sounds again. This is like the police knocking on your door. They're not fucking around. Right? So Gary flings open the door and they get a really good in-focus picture of the screen door. Because kids are dumb. Screen door. (laughs) There's a screen door. (laughs) What? So that's all they got. Um, But again, there's no one there, right? So they close the door again and the knock sounds a third time, but this time it's just Pete. He was running late, and he wants to know what the hell they're all doing crowded around the door like that. (laughs) (laughs) Maya is done, okay? Her fragile nerves can't handle much more, and she is leaving. But Pete stops her, and he pulls a newspaper clipping out of his pocket, and he says that she's going to want to see this, and he reads the article aloud. It's the Shadyside newspaper with a front-page story about a robbery two men attempted to do a home invasion slash robbery on a local gardener. It's rumored that this gardener was really an eccentric millionaire that kept a fortune in cash hidden in his home. And it's suspected that when the robbers were not able to find the cash, or hey morons, maybe he's just a fucking gardener, that they shot the man and killed him and fled on foot. Now, as they were running away, a neighbor got a very good look at the robbers. 
one man was older, and the neighbor was even able to provide a sketch of the younger man. And the clipping included the sketch of the two criminal of one of the two criminals that was still at large. And they all jumped back. It was him. The hottie who Della pushed into the ravine. And they all soon deduced that the person who was also out there in the woods with them was now sending threats and was in fact this dude's old partner. And Della remembers, wait a minute, Hottie did say something about an old man, right? Mm. So just as they're having this epiphany, the door rocks again with a loud knock and a man on the other side yells, we're back. (coughs) Sorry. But it was just Della's mom. She forgot her key, and the husband of the lady she was playing bridge with walked her home to make sure she got back okay. Mom says hi to everybody, but that, hey, it's a school night, and they should all get going home. So everybody files out, and Pete kind of lags behind, and he asks if he could talk to Della on the porch. She agrees, and she's very surprised when Pete asks her out. He asks if she wants to go dancing with him on Friday night, he'll take her to the mill which is the teen dance club on Old Mill Road. Della's had a really rough week, so she agrees. She's relieved. Pete's cute. Cool. Let's go out, Pete. So cut to Friday night. Della is having an amazing time. Pete is hot. He is not a great dancer, but he's good company, just like me. And they are just dancing and dancing under the flashing lights. They're there rocking out to the techno music till Della announces that she's she's having a great time but she's danced herself out. She's exhausted. And Pete suggests that they go get a burger. Della agrees but first she pulls him in for a very long hot kiss. And they walk to Pete's station wagon which is the sexiest of the wagons and they head back to town When a car behind them starts flashing their bright lights, tries to run them off the road. He's not giving up either. He keeps speeding up and bumping into the car, and Della is freaking out, and Pete is most worried about getting in trouble for damaging his dad's car. As the car behind them keeps trying to maneuver them off the road. So Pete speeds up, and Tokyo Drift style pulls a turn at high speed and hits the gas, and the car behind them loses control and slams into a tree. They hit the brakes, and they can see behind them that this is a bad accident. And for some reason, they both agree they need to go back and see how badly the driver is hurt. So they park, they get out, but when they get there, they see that the driver door is open, And the car is empty. And there's no one around. So we fade out. And we go back to school the next Monday. It's after school meeting of the Outdoors Club. And Mr. Abner is back in class today. And you know what? He has some great news. He knows how disappointed everyone was about the overnight being canceled. But he has set some of his personal plans aside. And he's very happy to announce he was able to reschedule the trip for this coming Saturday. Oh, no. (laughs) There is silence. (laughs) And Della is the first to speak. She's like, 
That's great! <laughs> My pack is still packed and ready. <laughs> Gary <laughs> says that he's happy too, but you know, he might be going somewhere with his family this weekend. So... Suki is also like totally excited, but she needs to check to see if she has to work. She's pretty sure she has to work. And um, Habner is just taken back. He expected a different reaction from these kids. So they decide that they should all just check and see if that weekend works for them and meet back again on Wednesday to see if this new plan for an overnight will work. And when the teacher leaves the room, they all agree that they can't go to this overnight. They just can't. So if they all pretend to be busy for like the next five weeks, then school will be out and they won't have to deal with it. They can stall him out. They can wait this out. It's okay. They, so they all agree. And as they're getting all their stuff and getting ready to go, Ricky reminds Della that she never gave her zap gun back to him. He came home with only five guns and could she remember to bring it to school the next day? It is at this moment that Della realizes that she doesn't have the gun. The hot guy pulled it from her hands right before he fell into the ravine. The gun is with his body, with her fingerprints on it. This is a problem. They all agree this is a big problem. They have to get that, that gun back. It's the only evidence that connects them to this body. So guess what? They have to go back on another mm -hmm. overnight. <laughs> The overnight part two. <laughs> part two. Let me get it. Let me get a bite, and then we're gonna wrap this up. Okay. I said this one was pretty quick. Yeah, it's going fast. Well, it's interesting. It's one of the better ones. Like I think so too. Wise. Sometimes so some we, of them have just like all this superfluousness, and it's like okay, don't really care. <laughs> I think that those are the liberties you can take when you're reading. Yeah. That, you, that don't mm. translate well into an audio medium. Like, if we didn't cut all the shit that we cut, can you imagine? Like, we just go on <laughs> and be on. here for like three years. It'd be ASMR. Like, yeah, it'd be awful. So we fade out, and now it's Saturday morning. Here we go. Everyone is silently paddling their canoes across Fear Lake. This is my favorite scene. No one speaks or smiles. <laughs> they row in silence. And when Mr. Abner says that they are all no fun. And you know what? They should sing some songs. They all say together, no. <laughs> and he shuts the fuck up. <laughs> oh, so the sky's cloudy. And it starts to sprinkle a little bit. Perfect. But Della has no choice. Like, she has to get this gun back. When they arrive at the island, Mr. Abner says that this is a good day for a hike. And that they can set up camp when they get back. We need to hike across this, this island to the other side. So they start hiking across the island. And Pete catches up to Della. And he asks her how she's doing. And he says, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to go with you to get the gun. You don't have to go by yourself. So they decide that when they get back from the hike and everyone's looking for firewood, because that's when you do stuff, that they will break off and go and get the gun. 
At that point, Abner comes walking back the trail with a video camera telling them all to look natural and that he's going to make a complete record of this trip and make a copy for them all as soon as they get back home. Personally, I feel like an adult shouldn't be taking video of kids without their parents. Yeah. Hello, on an island. It's a little creep, but cool. Um, after the hike, they start to set up their camp, and Abner tells them all to go look for firewood except for Maya, who he has to stay with him to help set up for dinner. Pete and Della start to sneak off in the woods when Abner catches them and accuses them of trying to sneak off to make out. He heads back to camp and tells them to stay closer to camp where he can see them, but they don't. They make a break for it. But they only really make it a few minutes when they hear Maya scream. So they turn and they run back to camp and Maya is there and she's cradling Abner. She says that a man came out of the woods and hit him in the head. He's unconscious, but he is alive and she can't get him to wake up. And the guy just ran off back into the woods. So Gary says that he could be really hurt. If he has a concussion, he could die. Like they have to put him back in a canoe and, and like go back for help, go back on to, to shore for help. Yeah. And they're like, but we can't, we can't get him into the canoe. Like there's no way we're going to be able to get his like lifeless body into this canoe and like paddle it back across. So the boys go for help and they're going to leave Maya and Pete and Della. The boys and Suki go for help and they're going to leave Maya and Pete and Della okay. and Abner there. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. But after the boys leave, Della says she has to get this gun. She's got, she says she'll still go get the gun. And she, but Maya doesn't want to be left alone. Like what if this guy comes back out of the woods? And so she insists that Pete stay with Maya in case the guy comes back. And she's got to go get this guy. Because now people probably are going to come to this island. Like, she's got to go get the only evidence. Pete doesn't want Della to go alone. But she says, no, it's, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be right back. And she's like, look, I have this whistle that I brought. And if anything goes wrong, I'll just blow on this whistle, like, really loudly. You can come get me. Pete kind of reluctantly agrees. He hands her what I assume is a mag light, but he couldn't say that in print. He said it was like a heavy metal flashlight, but it's one of those like security guard flashlights that could also be used as a weapon. Um, and he tells her, you know, be careful because it's now starting to get dark, right? So off she goes into the woods, in the twilight, flashlight in hand, freaking herself out, thinking about where this guy could be. You know, if this accomplice guy is going to jump out at her any minute. And it's getting darker all the time. And she thinks that she's headed in the direction of the re ravine. But honestly, she's just not sure. Like, she was running before. Like, now she feels turned around. When she hears what she thinks is leaves crunching. And she sees the beam of a flashlight a few yards ahead of her cut through the dark. Pete? that Pete? Like, should she call out? Yeah. So she does. She says, hey, Pete, is that you? And Pete doesn't answer. Instead, the beam flashes in her direction and starts to come straight for her. And that's when she realizes this is not Pete. So she runs. She runs and she runs and she runs uphill and she trips and falls right into a ravine. 
the flashlight goes flying, but she can still see enough in the ravine below her that there is a very out of place and a very familiar pile of leaves that she is about to fall right into. She hits the leaves and she tries not to scream when she realizes she must be right on top of the hot guy's body. Wait, this pile's kind of flat and there was no squish. So she kicks around and she realizes that the body is gone. It has been moved. Someone moved the body, but right now she gives zero fucks. She is feeling all around for the zap gun. She's freaking out because she can't find it. She hears a branch break behind her and a hand, her hand hits the cold metal of the flashlight. She grabs it and turns around fast and she sees who's in the ravine, Danielle. The dead guy who's not dead. It's the mystery not dead guy who yes, should be dead. dead. <laughs> and he lunges for her and he quite literally goes for her throat, which is not hard because she's totally stunned by seeing him alive. And she starts to kind of lose her breath when she remembers yet again, she's holding a weapon. Those mag lights are basically a metal pipe and she cracks the guy in the head with it. He goes down and they are laying there and she shines the light on his face and she realizes this is not the guy. Like, it's kind of dark. She She's like, this guy's cute, but this guy has like curly hair and like a scar on his chin. This must be the accomplice. But honestly, Della is done. The body is not here. She no longer cares about getting caught or the gun or anything. She only wants off this island. So she ditches the accomplice and scrambles up the ravine and starts running in the direction that she thinks camp is. She is hysterical. She is crying, gasping for air. Trees are hitting her in the face. She's tripping all over the place, but she just keeps running forward and telling herself that she has to get out of there she has to keep going. She's having like a breakdown. But again, she's lost. She really has no sense of direction. So she takes her whistle and she blows. Nothing happens. Because there's no little ball inside the whistle to make sound. And that's when it happens. The for real, should be dead hottie, materializes out of the woods. She shakes her head back and forth and she tells him that he is dead, that she checked and Gary checked, but the hottie just shakes his head and he says, you know, he's always had a weak pulse point. Even doctors have a hard time finding it. And that's when he holds up the zap gun and explains in his evil villain monologue that he and his buddy didn't get any cash from the old gardener, but that they figured if they rattled Della with her gold earrings and all her little rich friends with notes and car chases, that they could get a ton of money in blackmail from all of them 
just to keep his murder quiet. But the last thing that they expected them to do was to come back to the island. He grabs her and tries yet again to assault her, being super creepy and like teasing and flirting with her a little bit. And he's kind of distracted when Pete comes out of nowhere with a flashlight. He shines the light in Hottie's face just long enough for Della to get the zap gun away from him and shoot Hottie like four times, point blank, in the face with paint. Pete grabs Della's hand and they start running through the forest and Hottie somehow gives chase. Della is so exhausted at this point that when they are met on the path by three policemen, she thinks that it's a hallucination. But it's not, and Pete says the guy they want is just behind them. So the cops arrest the hottie, and Della and Pete make it back to camp. We cut to the following weekend. Pete is taking Della out on another date. They have all confessed to the cops and their parents about all that happened, and now Pete and Della are a couple. They drive off into the sunset in Pete's dad's station wagon and they lose. All the loose ends are tied up, so don't you dare ask any deeper questions. Everything is fine. And that's how it ends. Wow. That was not that was not the ending I expected. Right? What did you think was gonna happen? I mean, I kind of figured he was going to come back, but I guess not in that way. You know, like, I think I I had a feeling, or maybe he had, like, a like a twin or something. I don't know. I thought it could have been a twin, I, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, a twin. Yeah, I that also thought maybe a twin. It went by fast. The early books are all good, I think. Everything's really fresh. And so, yeah, I thought that was yeah. kind of genius. Because even I didn't think in the beginning, like... I kind of figured they were going to go on the trip anyways, but it didn't occur to me that he was going to come back and be like, guess what? We get to go on our trip. Right. And then they would have to go. I figured they would have to go back because something, you know, like, oh, I lost my wallet or whatever, you know, that kind of a thing, which they kind of did. But she was totally unconcerned about her wallet that has literally all her personal (laughs) information on it. Like, we're worried about the zap gun that has her fingerprints. Yeah, cool. But you also left your wallet near a dead body. But she was completely unconcerned. That was almost an afterthought. I didn't understand either. But yeah, so that was good. I I didn't feel like we got a ton of closure between the whole, like, her and Gary thing. Because they spent so much time with that. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of, like, devoted the beginning to that. And then it was like, nah. And then we just jumped on Pete. Like, okay. (laughs) Cool. I guess. And I guess Gary lost his appeal when they're not on an island. Because then him and Suki didn't turn into a couple either. Like, I don't know. She was hilarious. She was, like, all hot and bothered, ready to go. And the second somebody dies, she's like, fuck you guys. We're not friends. Right. I gotta go spike my hair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. I do like that one. Number three. Number three. 
Number three. That was, yeah, that was early. Um, outline. Oh, yes. Facebook group. We've got a couple of new people. It's going well. If you're not in the Facebook group yet, jump on over. There's a link in our original page, which is still active in there, but we just don't post to it very much. Um, the, but yeah, Facebook group. It's, yeah. If you, if you listen to tonight's episode and you know answers to the questions that we didn't know, that's Please. where you can leave that information. Yes. <laughs> Tell us you are wrong. Get it together. <laughs> yes. So that's what the Facebook group is for and to share other related news. I know I'm slacking, but there has been some Goosebumps TV show related news that has been revealed. I believe um, Justin Long, who's the star of the show, tweeted or – Instagrammed or some such that they are done with filming and it is supposed to be out in October of this year and that will be it'll be on Disney plus so we will definitely cover that I will either I will by myself or we'll tandem it together but we will cover it um when the time comes hopefully did you just say that they looking forward to it that they haven't announced when it's coming um the latest we saw was that they wrapped filming and it is scheduled for an October release date. No oh, exact okay, cool. date, yeah, but yeah. sometime in October, yeah. But filming oh, yeah. is done because Justin Long tweeted about it or something because he's the star. So Justin Long posted somewhere something that he's – they are done. So um, hopefully October is the real release date and then we can cover that because I am looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying the Facebook group because the thing that's that's mm-hmm. good about it is that like you guys can post – and you guys can comment, uh, mm-hmm. and you guys can talk to us because we're super approachable. Uh, shout out to Brianna who listens to us every day. Um, every day, that's what she said. She re-listens. She listens to us every day. It calm. It said Aww. she said it kind of like calms her down. Uh, she sent me a very kind and encouraging message. Uh, so thanks for lifting us up, homie. We see you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's that's awesome. Sorry, we're slow post-giving episodes, but we're going to be better. Hey, just hang with us. Christy, like, just we have- has, Christy just has to move. Yeah, for some like reason that I made up. Um, <laughs> so what are we going to do next time? It's going to be fine. Um, we will do a Goosebumps. I don't know yet. Maybe I'll put another poll up. The poll was helpful to me because it made someone else. Um, I'm, I know it's dumb. I know astrology is stupid, but. I'm too far gone. So just accept the fact that as a Libra, I cannot make decisions for myself. And that is just, that is the stone cold fact of it. I don't want to make a fucking decision ever. So if someone else can do it for me, yay. So I will probably put up a poll of the few books I have lying around and be like, what would people want to read? Because honestly, like I... I want to read. I want to do what you guys want to listen to. So if there's something you want to listen to, if there's a book I don't have, and you're like, "Hey, get this," I will go and try to find it if I can. So yeah, I'll probably put a poll up, but it will do a goosebumps for sure. Not anything interim since we were kind of long between episodes right now. But yeah, sweet. Okay, well, until then, we are out. Like Christy. Formerly from Colorado, when she makes up her mind to just go. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Bye. Goodbye.